Uh, we have a great treat for you, for you to look forward to, for your mouth to start watering for. We're going to give you a meat stick on your way out today. So you're going to be, if, if things get boring up here or whatever with me and Tom, you could be thinking about the meat stick. All right. So um, this is Tom DeRosa, uh, a friend, longtime part of the church here. And in honor of Father's Day, we wanted to talk to a father. And uh, you have kind of a unique story about how you raised your family with some intentionality, and I know when I heard it, I was challenged as a younger dad to apply some of the things you were talking about, and I thought it might be fun for all of us just to engage a little bit with your story and maybe collect a little bit of wisdom. Yep. So. Sounds good. Um, well, I'll start by saying I'm Tom DeRosa. My wife is Libby DeRosa. Um, I don't know if we'll have a picture up here eventually. Uh, I'll point her out. That's the picture from your oh, yeah. 1987 You see, you see how she sitcom, just right? craves to just she hanging on me like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah she does that every day. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but we'll get out of the joking part and get to the serious part. But uh, thank you, and it's, it's very honored to be up here to talk about... Uh, kids and how to raise them and what to do wrong and what to do right and all the above. Uh, we're very, very proud of our children, uh, as most of you guys are of your own children. Um, like I was telling Dan, uh, I was saved at 17, so I was a first-generation Christian, um, so I, I took it very seriously when I, I read those verses like, your life is uh, bought with a price, the price of Christ and the blood on the cross, and and I, I was pretty passionate. I'm passionate about most anything I'm, I'm doing. Things I'm not doing, I'm not passionate about. But the things I, I like, I, I'm passionate. Whether it's work or play, pretty passionate. So like Dan said, I, I, was, uh, I was an engineer. Libby was a physical therapist. And uh, we, uh, we found ourselves in our early 30s already achieved all the, the, the American dream. I mean, we, we had our jobs. I had excelled, had 20 promotions, probably seven, but a lot of promotions. Um, and ultimately, uh, we, we were making good money as as couple. We were we had four kids, triplets plus Josh, uh, so two girls and a and two boys. Um, we had a acreage and property, and um, just we we felt like we we achieved what the American dream was, but still missing still missing some stuff. So um, we we basically said in our early 30s, what are we going to do now? Um, I did run a construction company for about three years, um, just as we first got married. But when the triplets were born, I kind of passed that on to bring insurance back into the family easily. Um, so I, I followed that career for a long time. Long story short, I did a lot of continuous improvement in the automotive world. I, I, I did all kinds of things with teaching people how to get better in manufacturing, how to get better in engineering, how to problem solve. Um, there, there's this thing called green belts and black belts. Some of you guys may know it if you're in the industry. Um, it's not karate stuff. I mean, wow. No, no. It's, it's continuous improvement, statistical problem solving methodologies. So, so I took that methodology and said, why can't we apply that to our kids? You know, Tommy's, um, he's acting up and he's, he's not obeying. He's not a put a hundred percent into his life. And and how can we do that with him? And Katie, she, she always wants to be in her comfort zone, right in her little family niche. So we got to push her out a little bit. Uh, so long story short, Libby and I started um, doing some analysis of our kids' character. And, and we came up with a family verse, first of all. And the family verse is First Peter 4, uh, 10. Each one of us have received a gift from God. Use it to minister to one another as good stewards. So we... 
strived at trying to find out what the kids' gifts are and what their strengths are and what their and, and those things develop as you your kids are zero years old till they're five, six, seven, eight, nine, you can start seeing them shape take shape. By the time they're in their teens, they should be pretty well developed and ready to execute. So uh, we, we did that with the kids uh, and, and start working on that stuff. Yeah. I, I really like the, uh, the way that you thought of this very intentionally per child. Uh, I think it's easy for us as parents to sometimes just think about how can we do a, a better job with our kids as a general group. Um, and that's one dynamic, but, but you're, you're talking about zeroing in and actually looking at each person, say what are their strengths and weaknesses, where do they need development, how do we get them ready for adulthood. Yeah. You think having triplets would be uh, pretty easy. I mean, they're all going to be the same. They are nothing alike. Not one of them. Uh, their smiles are good. Uh, they look they look about the same. But uh, Katie, she's she loves her comfort zone. She loves her little. She's little. We used to call her Mama Bear when she was little, but she always hurted the kids. And and if you come in and try to hurt her her uh, sibling, she was she was going to rear up and get them. Um, so that was Katie, and, and uh, she turned out to be a very good problem solver, very good uh, front face for our desk at the office at, at the KOA. Uh, Tommy, um, he, he loves talking to people. He loves building relationships. Now he's on Eastern's campus as a, as a minister there, and uh, they're over in Andorant. And at mountains uh, in New York right now at a YMCA doing all kinds of leadership training. Michaela, she's a ER nurse, uh, loves helping, helping people. Uh, she was the one that if, if something went wrong at the family, somebody got cut, somebody got hurt, Michaela was cool, calm, and collective, and she could just help you out and just make it happen. She kept you calm. So she's got strengths like that. Josh uh, really found his gifts of, in Ecuador when he went there helping the, the people there at the, the clinic. Um, and realized that, man, he can work harder than anybody, and that's my, my strength. I, I can work. I can help. I can help, help, help. So mm-hmm. that's his gift that God gave him, and, and we try to focus on each one of them to build that gift, but at the same time get well-rounded, not in a way that the, the, the world says, hey, we need a pro- productive citizen of society here. We, we, need, we need people that love Jesus. We need people that can tell people about Jesus, whether they're they have the gift of evangelism or not, we're still called to be the light in the world around us. So, You know, um, you mentioned the KOA, and there was a transition in your life between being an engineer and kind of that moment when you felt like you had everything and then wondered what's next. Right. That, and then now you, now you own a campground. And, it, and I know, like, as we talk, you, you, and this is fascinating to me because I'm in the same life stage you were at the time you bought the campground, like where you've yeah. got kids that are becoming teens, and you're thinking, like, how do they... How do they grow? How do they mature? How do I give them opportunity? Right. And you found that through KOA. So I, maybe you could tell us a little bit about like how that decision was made. Yep. It was it was KOA plus other things. Obviously, uh, we we thought it's KOA isn't a Christian organization, but when people come to the campground, they let their hair down. They're relaxed. They're they're in a camping atmosphere. They're not they're not looking to solve all the world's problems. They're they're looking to relax and and just. Uh, just take a few minutes break. So in that environment, they, they get to see my kids working throughout. We got so many compliments on my kids. Not me, not Libby, but our kids got so many. They are so polite. Uh, they're, they're always helpful. I mean, I mean, these things that you say now, man, 
I'm so glad that they did that. But mm-hmm. but it opened the door for us to talk to people about Christ. What's the what's the difference about your kids? And we've had a, many a conversation with friends that are still friends today because of that those things that we've uh, shared with, about our kids. But our kids are the ones that drove that mm-hmm. conversation um, to open up that mission field even bigger. Yeah, and uh, and you, you'd mentioned to me that you kind of pitched it to the kids as they were all like 10 years old, whether, oh, yeah. whether or not to go for, yeah. to switch careers. Yeah, yeah. And, and when when we thought about the KOA and said, hey, um, we're looking for some type of business that we can all run together, and you can use your gift, you can use your gift, and vice versa. Um, and they all said, yeah, yeah, what can we do? And they're all thinking, coming up with ideas and wanting to be a circus trainer or something, I don't know. But, <laughs> no, but uh, I said, what do you think about being a, owning a campground? Oh, yeah! You ask a 10-year-old or 12-year-old they want to own a campground, they, they think that's the best thing in the world. They hold that against me today because you suckered us into that. Right, right. <laughs> so so, so the, first, the first year we broke every label law there, there ever existed. The kids didn't get paid a dime. Um, but uh, the second year we started paying them, and they got paid very, very well. So, so uh, they, most of them have very, very positive influences. I think all of them do. So, but. That's great. Okay, so uh, something that I'm intrigued by in your sort of model of how you've done this mm-hmm. is, um, is just the, the idea of being really intentional and, and pulling in some of the professional skills of, like you talked about, the continuous improvement mm-hmm. processes. Right. Thinking like a lot of us in our career naturally know like we need to set goals and have objectives, and, right. but, but we don't naturally transition that right over to our family and go, it's really the same processes of intentionality. Right, right. Um, and because I was teaching it, in the corporate world, it was easy for me to bring it into the family mm-hmm. and say, let's, let's work on this this way. And, and like everybody, that's, if you're in a manufacturing setting, if you're in a company or a business that uh, you, you set goals you, mm-hmm. and you write them down. You write them down and you measure them and you see if you're achieving them and you come back to them and say, have we achieved them yet? Or are we halfway there, a third way there? And, and do we need to work on something else? But something else always pops up. So any goal worth going after is worth writing down. And that's one thing we did. We wrote down what we wanted to talk about. Libby and I went away twice a year, sometimes just once a year, but we'd talk about one or two kids or three kids, depending on how the situation was at <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, all the way up to the lane. Um, but we would, we would focus in on their character and, and their challenges and their opportunities. And just like you would do it in your work setting. Uh, but we use God's word to, to sharpen, sharpen the, the direction of their focus so they look and act more like the image of Christ. So That's great. Yep. So uh, just as a, if you were summarizing like some encouragement to younger dads out there today, mm-hmm. what, would you, uh, what would you inspire them to do? There's no doubt. We talked about it 20 times. I think this whole uh, uh, <laughs> seeking him, we've talked about being intentional mm-hmm. uh, in many, many aspects. So be intentional, but all good things start with a plan. So Put a plan together, you and your wife. You don't have to do it together, but you have to come together and agree on a plan. Um, the other thing is making sure you spend time with your kids. I mean, we had little gas station breaks. Uh, when the kids were little, we'd run to the gas station. Yeah, they knew they were going to get a candy bar at the end of it, but we talked. We, mm-hmm. we knew what was going on in their lives. They told us what kids will jap, yap, yap, yap. All you have to do is ask a question, and they keep on going, at least when they're younger. When they're teenagers, then... It's a little harder. Right. But uh, by that time, you've got to have a good relationship. Um, uh, alone time with your kids and all that stuff is very, very important. Um, put, 
put other influences in your kid's life. Sunday school teachers, uh, youth leaders. Uh, we had pseudo aunts and uncles all over the place. I mean, both the boys, they had two different Sunday school teacher um, men. They were both pseudo uncles. To this day, they're pseudo uncles to my kids. Uh, they had pseudo parents. When we gone gone away for a weekend, we would put them with these two, and they just love on them like crazy. They would know what's going on in their lives, and they can pray for them. Um, and then ask for God's grace, because these kids turned out fantastic. I am so blessed. But Libby and I did not do it on our own. It was God. It was God. I mean, I mean, they are all serving God in their, their capacity, using their gifts. But, man, that stuff can change overnight. Things can happen. I know families in this church that raise their kids awesome, and some kids go astray. It's, it's by God's grace that we have four kids and, their, and spouses that are just going the right direction. So put people in their lives that can influence them. Put people in their lives that can pray for them um, and, and ask for God's grace every minute you can. So. I wonder, Tom, if you'd be willing just to pray over the dads and also the grandfathers in our congregations. It's all of us, as we think about the relationships we have with kids, you know, we, can, we can seek to be intentional. And uh, maybe for someone in the room, that just starts today, just to go, hey, I, I, I want to look at my kids a little bit more individually and, and just decide that this next year is going to be a more purposeful year as a parent. And that could that can make a big difference. So, and don't forget to get back get back on the horse when you do fail, because mm-hmm. even Libby and I we we got away from it for a year, a year and a half, and then oop, we get better get back on that horse because plans that we're busy in your twenties and thirties and forties. You're you're busy. You're getting a life going. You're getting a family going. So let's pray, guys. Dear Father, I thank you for the fathers and grandfathers that are represented here today and the the ones that aren't. Um, I I pray that you would uh, just continue to protect them, to give them wisdom. Uh, As as the book of James says, those that lack wisdom, just ask for it. We will give it to you liberally, the Lord says. So please, Lord, uh, just continue to fill these men with wisdom, whether they've got young children uh, middle-aged children or uh, children that are adults, Father, we, we still have influence over our kids. It changes how we do it. But, Father, I just thank you for the men represented here. Pray that you would lift them up, give them uh, people in their lives to be pseudo-uncles and pseudo-dads and pseudo-friends that love Jesus. And may you just uh, raise our children up to serve you and serve you strongly. In Christ's precious name we pray.